Hey, I'm Sean. And I'm Clayton, and we're men who like men who like movies. We're two queer men, love movies, love talking about movies, and after a lot of urging, we started a podcast. Sean, what did you pick out for us this week? Well, I wanted to keep it nice and light because it's summer, um, and talk about one of my favorite little monster movies uh, from 1997 the height the start of the j-lo hype uh anaconda and i love this movie it's it's so stupid (laughs) but it's like so much fun (laughs) it's so fun it's such a good popcorn Um, movie and if you like popcorn you know and it's funny because i hate snakes can't stand snakes snakes are not my thing i know i was so surprised you picked this (laughs) it'd be like if i picked arachnophobia they don't have arms. They don't have legs. Legally, they should not be allowed to move. That's all I'm saying. Um, but for some reason, I saw Anaconda, and I remember it, it was I rented it at the library on VHS because I just I love monster movies. So I was like, you know what? Sure, let's give it a try. And it, I re- I remember it because I rented it with Aliens, The Abyss, and Anaconda, and I was like. We're going for a theme on two of these. Uh, and then we had another <laughs> Movies theme that for start the with two. A. Yeah. Well, three now, apparently, because I was thinking two of them are water movies. Two of them have creatures, and all three of them start with A. And I remember watching it and just being like, this was so stupid. I love it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that was why I have lost my train of thought. Choo-choo. It is completely. <laughs> um, yeah, what? we have a special guest. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about. You can cut this out, right? Of we didn't course. Talk about... Brent, how did you want to be introduced? Are we just introducing you as Brent? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I might Brent. actually just All leave that in because here. that was really funny. <laughs> Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Brent. Okay, thank you, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it in a, like a, a t- uh, what are they called? Um, blooper. That's the word. At the end. I'm so tired. <laughs> this is going to be uh, fantastic. And, <laughs> but and yes, we we've got friend of the pod, Brent Wagner. <laughs> thank you for coming, Brent. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Brent, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Maybe it's all right. We we'll, we'll just keep that. We'll, make but... it, we'll, we'll, we'll move past it. We'll move past <sighs> it. <laughs> I just was like, I could, we didn't write anything down in the notes. I didn't Still, think I just... needed to. So... <laughs> well, sometimes you don't, and it's like, I don't know exactly how to... Like, uh, make something sorry, up. Brent. I'm excited you're here. I loved having you for You've Got Mail, and I'm glad you're back for this one because it's such I, an, a different pick from what You've it, Got it Mail. It is. And, and you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't realize you were the one who picked this because you were the one outlier who didn't really like You've Got Mail, and you picked Anaconda, so I know that you must like Anaconda, and yes. I do as well. So. Yes, I do love I do love Anaconda. I think this movie is so much fun. Um, I I'll, I know a lot of people think it's like dumb, but and it absolutely is. Oh yeah. But I just I it's so much fun. Like even I I, I don't even 
I mean, it's awful, but I don't hate John Voight that much in this movie either. I think he's no, awful, and the, <laughs> the accent is stupid, but, like, he's kind of a fun villain. <laughs> yeah, you could you could spend the entire podcast just taking apart the John Voight character. Oh my god, movie. yeah, that was most of my thoughts during watching it. I'm like, what, what, what is John Voight doing? So many, so many interesting choices. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> So, Brent, what's your relationship with Anaconda? Oh, man. Okay, so, um, on the whole, I'm not really a big horror movie guy. I never have been, but I kind of went through a period in my teens and then again in my like, mid-20s where I just watched a bunch of stuff, kind of random stuff. And uh, I think we also got Anaconda on VHS from the library. Uh, me and a couple of my friends, we would just rent stacks of, especially, like, animal monster movies like anaconda mm. arachnophobia um, lake placid lake placid uh, <laughs> which has a crossover with anaconda i learned while reading for this episode oh god <laughs> oh. i was gonna say i've heard of it and i've heard things i have not watched it but i am intrigued <laughs> I, I was really considering doing a lake placid and then watching the you know like the crossover because i watched lake placid too but it didn't leave the same impression anaconda did um, I, I actually enjoy Lake Placid more than Anaconda. <laughs> I think personally. Lake Placid's more of like an actual comedy. It's um, so funny. <laughs> whereas Anaconda, I won't spoil my funny. my best line <laughs> for the podcast that I already spoiled to Clayton via text before we started. But this movie doesn't really wink at the audience very much, <laughs> even though it's <laughs> it's obviously absurd when you're watching it, but. We got it along with some other things that I think were actually a little scarier. Uh, Kingdom of the Spiders is another one that we watched with William Shatner. If you guys have seen that, I actually have never seen it. I've <laughs> I was, heard of it. I'm shocked you have it. not seen that, Sean. I that's not something it's, I would ever pick up because <laughs> one spiders and two that sounds horrible. But it seems like something <laughs> oh, Sean would have watched. It's horrible, but but it it is worth watching if you. The like library it. didn't have it. <laughs> Sorry. It, it, I got everything else, trust me. Like <laughs> I've seen a whole bunch of monster movies, but nope, that one just my library did not have. There's, there's just so many. I mean there's you, oh. there's because you have like even Anaconda, which is a B movie itself, has dozens of knockoffs that are like, you know, Z movies or whatever, so you can't see all of them. But we got that along with some others that were probably much better. But Anaconda has really stuck with me and it was kind of a running joke uh, with me and a couple of my friends and pro and still is to this day if we see Anaconda related things. And I honestly don't know that we rented it a bunch of times. I think we saw it a couple times, but it is a very strange movie in some ways. And in some ways it's like as boilerplate as you can get. And I think that combination, it kind of made it stick, stick with us a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I see I I was the same way so I would rent a bunch of movies from the library and I my it's funny cuz my normal 3 were aliens, <laughs> aliens and what other two movies <laughs> Shut up <laughs> Aliens Mimic and either Anaconda or The Abyss and those were like my 3 like if I could not decide what I wanted to get I'd pick between one of those four generally and I remember watching this and just being like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. And I, the trailer, I believe, was had, I know what you did last summer. And so once uh, the library got, I know what you did last summer, I was like, I need to see that one too. 
Uh, I don't think my parents let me get that one until I was like nine or ten. But you know what? That's okay. I saw this when I was a kid. It was one of the few uh, PG-13s I managed to. I probably saw it with my cousin or something. Uh, but I was so excited because, as you both know, I love snakes. And I thought this looked fun. And it was fun. And I watched it on and off throughout the years. And think it is delightful and as dumb as they come. Um, it's great. Not factual to snakes whatsoever. Oh, God. But, you know, neither is Jaws. Like, it's, <laughs> it's how you make a monster movie. It's just part of it. Right. And that's the thing is, like, you have to take these as fantasy. And they're just, that's exactly what they are. It's just it's a monster movie fantasy. Like, do I think of Jaws every time I get in the water? Absolutely. But, like... I know I'm it's just not picturing you get in your bath. Uh oh, dude. I'm basically that little girl in Evil Dead Rise, and she's just like, I have to see the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, I I even when I'm in, I I live near Lake Michigan, so even when I get the lake, I'm just and I go a little bit far out. I'm like, oh well, you know, there's nothing in here, and then I'm also just like. Well, that's not true either, because there's definitely <laughs> what been if bull sharks. <laughs> like, there's definitely been bull sharks that have attacked people on these logs. And then I'm like, but the chance of that happening is literally... I have There a have been bull being sharks in Lake a... Michigan. How, do a sh- how would a shark get in a lake? Well, I mean, it would swim up the river that attaches them. <laughs> the lakes are attached, Clayton. How do you think we get ships on it? Um, I didn't know and there were ships they... in Lake Michigan, but I figured they just went off the dock on the border of the lake. <laughs> what are you talking about? This... Sounds like we need a spinoff episode. This lake talk isn't just about. like Camp Crystal Lake, where it's just some tiny little lake in the middle of nowhere. I know nowhere. how big Lake Michigan is, but I also just thought it was contained. I didn't know it. Uh... No, they all attach to each other. <laughs> like... There's a waterway. You really didn't know this? It's a it's considered no. a major shipping spot. Like How do you think we get steel out of here a lot? Sean, what about me makes you think I would have ever in my what? life wondered that? What makes you think about living in Indiana? Did you not understand? You don't know something. I didn't stuff. choose to live in Indiana. I don't want to think any more about it than I have to. <laughs> All right, I'll give you that one. Um, <laughs> sorry, back to back to our regularly scheduled programming. Off the boat's tangent there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and the fresh water where Clayton <laughs> thinks nothing lives. Like water is fish live in fresh water, but I'm like a bull shark getting to Lake Michigan just seems a really. Uh, um, I don't like if they made Michigan, a movie about I, that. I'd just be like, this is unrealistic. <laughs> Well, no. Um, in 1918, there was it was either a great white or a great white or a bull shark, and it attacked people along the beaches of uh, New Jersey. I think it was. It was so a bull I, shark, I, and see, that's like close to the ocean. Lake Michigan is right. not. That's <laughs> but bull sharks, see, I believe, can do either fresh or salt water. So they it, can do like I mean, I think it, it needs some salt, but yeah. They yeah, can. Sean, I, I just looked it up, and there've been no confirmed sightings of bull sharks in the Great Lakes. So next time you go swimming, you can just rest easy. Just for the bull sharks, though. Check <laughs> there's always there's Check always the a first time. <laughs> Well, no, uh, no. I just the mean, snapping like, turtles, though they can they get you. I was, I, I, <laughs> get you. They are mean. They are very mean. Um, yeah, I was thinking more of like the 1918 thing, but you know, <laughs> that's 
That's neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just, this movie's so much fun. It doesn't, I know we've said that about 26,000 times, and we'll probably say it about 26,000 more, but this movie has nothing to say other than you are going to have fun about it. Yeah, and, and actually, it's it's kind of nice to know that going in, because when I first saw it, I hadn't watched a lot of scary movies, and I was just kind of expecting that it would be at least a little scary. And mm. it's not really no. there's nothing there's nothing in it that is scary really at all and it's not even filmed or structured in a way where it seems like it's trying to be scary like there there's not there aren't really jump scares which my my nine-year-old kind of watched it with me she looked away every time she thought something scary was going to happen so she only watched like maybe 50 percent of it <laughs> but she really doesn't like jump scares, and she was very concerned that, you know, she was going to accidentally see a jump scare, and there are almost no jump scares in it, which I thought was... And the ones that are are so clearly telegraphed. <laughs> yes. It's like, here's... Like, for example, you know, the, the monkey getting spit out at the guy. It's like, uh, there's a snake here. I was thinking that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, barely, it's barely a jump scare because it's already in the middle of, like, an action thing. There's not really, like, a cat in the alley sort of scene in it. Yeah, I wouldn't even it, consider this, like, horror. I would consider... It's, like, action-adventure type yeah, of... Yeah, it's like an adventure. It, it almost makes you think of, like, a little bit more horror-tinged version of, like, uh, oh, you know, not really Indiana Jones, but something more in that vein. They're going on a yeah. jungle adventure, and there are because really the the main villain in the movie is not even the snake, and maybe I, I think you guys <laughs> the think main villain is John Voight. The main villain is John Voight, and the snake is kind of like his uh, his uh, chainsaw or his baseball bat or whatever. Um, well, it's kind of his Ahab. <laughs> yes, kind of like Ahab. In a lot of ways, like he's just a, a, a poaching Ahab, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I find funny. <laughs> As opposed oh, so, to the non-poaching Ahab, because <laughs> I mean, whaling. Well, well technically, uh, you know, technically, he was a fisher. Yeah, technically, he's a whaler, so he can he can. Uh, hunt, I think you know, whaling is poaching. Anyway, <laughs> I'm well, so proud of all those killer whales. Killing. Uh, <laughs> Taking out the boat. Good for them. Every time I see a new news report, I'm just like, good for her. Oh, yeah. The organizing workers. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I can't remember from last time, but don't you usually do like a, like kind of a summary, like this movie was released in this year and who's the director and or yeah, yeah. just diving in. Um, uh, we we just hadn't gotten to it yet, but yes, we do have a. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, <I> uh, <laughs> would you guys recommend this? <laughs> uh, yes. <I> think... <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, so would I. Um, and now we can jump into the. <laughs> um, it was directed by Luis uh, Yosa, written by Hans Bauer, Jim Cash, and Jack Epps Jr. Who, I think Clayton will like this. Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. wrote. Top Gun. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, and cinematography by Bill Butler, who did Jaws and the, um, a lot of real big classics. Um, there wasn't a lot of weird production history that I could find. No, um, not even a single thing. Like, I have the Blu-ray, but I didn't get a chance to watch it, so. The funniest thing about it is, whenever you read the trivia on IMDb, 
and you never know how reliable that is, but if you look through the people that were considered for various roles... <laughs> Sean and I talked about this uh, it's off, like, off mic. It, it's like Tom Cruise was considered for the role of uh, Cerrone, and it's like, was he really? Like, yeah. Was so, he really thinking about maybe doing Anaconda? So I was talking to Sean, and I was like, you know, when you see some of these lists, you're like, were they really considered, or were they just making a movie, and you're like, okay, this is our dream gets. And it's like, oh yeah, Meryl was considered... Her agent didn't get back to me. <laughs> Meryl was considered for the Street. anaconda herself. Um, <laughs> she could but do yeah, anything. like one of the things like uh, Jillian Anderson for the J-Lo part. And, uh, yeah, the, that Jillian Anderson one says that she auditioned, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that one I believe. That could be a lie, but, but, but I was just imagining it. also 97, so. The Eric Stoltz character apparently ray romano was in contention for it so so i was just like imagining a version of this with jillian anderson and ray romano being love interest man maybe i don't know i mean i feel like jillian anderson could be fine like i just feel well, jillian like she anderson has... is always wonderful but yeah i just well, I can't like i just it. i feel like she has a, like this she has just such a joie like a joie de vivre and everything like that's just who she is like so she just everything every every single like role she plays i i like it's it's believable because it's just she just has this it seems like this like she's just full of life and like yeah and and she's opposed to dead (laughs) j-lo yeah and she would have been in the um carrie is it were i'm not sure how you pronounce her last name yeah carrie were she would have been yeah she would have been in that role and that's pretty easy to see. She's especially at the beginning when Owen Wilson's kind of being a sex pest, and she's like, "Let me work." Like <laughs> you can kind of you can kind of see it, um, right? But this also would have been height of X Files fame. Yeah. So like, there's no way they would have put Jillian Anderson. No. Like, <laughs> she would have been Terry if she was going to be in this movie. Yeah. Like, and Terry's original name was not Terry Flores; it was Terry Porter. So they changed it to Flores after ja- uh, after J Lo was cast. It's all coming together now. <laughs> uh huh. So and I mean Annika- and at the time like this was the start of like J Lo hype because this would have been right after Selena. We would okay. do anything for Selena. Um, sorry, that's a quote I literally <laughs> always say. <laughs> I was like, I've never seen Selena, so you've never seen Selena. I, I, I've no, also never seen so Selena. Boring. Oh, it's so much fun. You would actually really like it, Clayton, because it's would a I? fun mix of like mu- no, it's actually a fun mix of like comedy and like musical. So it's the funny, really good. The funny thing is that the people's house who I used to watch Anaconda with, I didn't mm-hmm. have a TV at this time in my life. So I, I watched over to friend's house and they had Selena on VHS and watched it many times and somehow I never saw it. So Who was oh, it? it's I, fun. Was it Andy? I uh, know it was Mitch. Uh Who's that was the... my second guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, we um, don't we don't go over there and watch whatever creature features they had at the library. It has a I was gonna say I it's it's a lot of fun. It's it really is. And it has a lot of little like fun lines weird sidebar really quickly on watching stuff um brent at your house when i was a kid <laughs> i saw an incredibly influential um film i saw the mask with jim carrey for the first time at your house uh, my house at mm-hmm. my parents house wow yes yeah i watched it uh with bradley and uh, i can't remember there were a couple other people over there i think wow i mean um, that must have been a little later because when at the time that i would watch anaconda we never would have ever watched the mask in my house so bradley benefited from being the younger 
the younger child. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah, you were do. the first you were the first pancake. <laughs> oh, Cass. I guess we we can get into Cass. <laughs> <laughs> um we, right. you mentioned Eric Stoltz already. Um I thought that was some really good casting, but also I just cracked up that basically like his only character trait is I can compare everything to animals. <laughs> There's like he's got about 20 lines in the whole movie and of those like 15 of them are like did you know that these fireflies mate for life and the men are brighter whatever <laughs> the women have dainty flashes the women have dainty feminine flashes and J-Lo gets the great line oh I like that um, <laughs> a very powerful uh, moment these actors are doing the most with the, the material that they yeah. are given yeah, it's <laughs> and paper thin really characterizations do wonderful i mean they i mean nobody it, it's because the type of movie it is it sounds weird to say but everybody does a really good job with their role except for john voight who kind of transcends good and bad in the way that he chooses <laughs> to play this role because it's like he's in several like people say a lot of times he's this in guy a different seems like movie he's in a different movie, else. <laughs> but it actually seems like he's in several different movies like simultaneously and it's it's some of the things that he does are just so bizarre um, and stupid. And stupid. The way that he just like <laughs> leers and sneers at people. Anytime that he's not speaking, he just gets the most. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe the look about he gets halfway on his face, through the but... movie. I'm sitting here watching it, and I just started squinting one eye and like drawing my mouth down <laughs> in an exaggerated frown, and just you can't like help it. How it's... did he like? <laughs> it's it's very strange. It just like flattens out the entire front of his face. Uh, whenever Eric Stoltz, jumping ahead with the plot, but whenever Eric Stoltz goes underwater and he's up on the deck with Terry and he just, it keeps cutting between her and him and he's just got that look on his face. Oh, when he's leering at her, when she's like putting her hair up and she's just like. (laughs) It lasts like, I mean, it lasts like a good minute. This is a movie that's not even an hour and a half long and it lasts like a good minute. And like many of the John Voight choices in the movie there's not really a payoff for it like there's the whole thing where he was a priest <laughs> and aside from giving him the uh the opportunity to recite several latin prayers they never really do anything with the priest uh aspect of his character and it actually i realized when i rewatched it that i had combined some things in my head because i thought that he was like somehow like religiously dedicated to this snake um, and I think I just combined the fact that he was a priest and that he was like fanatically chasing this snake into one thing. Um, yeah, I was gonna say wrong movie. He's but in, re- but in reality, they never, they never, they never do anything with the priest thing. It's just like I did not fail. I decided to, you know, ch- follow this snake instead of being a priest. All right, <laughs> we just accept it. Yeah, um, like we do his accent, I guess. Um, do we do we do we accept it i I guess in terms of this movie having let him do this like who (laughs) let him act like this did the director just not rein it i mean it's wonderful i'm so glad it exists like this but it's so weird like the the closest thing to a substantial topic with this movie would be like is john voight doing some kind of like brown face or is he just like Doing something that has like no relation to, yeah. He says where he's supposed to be. Before, I can't remember where it is, um, but his accent is not like 
any. I mean, it's not a real accent. <laughs> any, any real accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, although I, I, he does never drop it. Like he's no, he never he, he's, he's very fully co- committed he's to very whatever committed this to is. <laughs> but no one is quite sure what it is. Nobody. I mean, nobody on the boat questions it either. Like they don't think why does this guy sound like someone who's performing on vaudeville something nobody nobody questions it like his performance would be really (laughs) at home in like a 70s bond movie where he's the villain yeah like that's the performance he is giving (laughs) and and nobody's really naturalistic but but they're they're closer to that like they play it sort of seriously but j-lo handles the material the best i think yeah like she plays it pretty straight if you cut just j-lo's scenes out and put them like in a supercut and had somebody watch it. I I think they might have a hard time identifying how um campy the movie is <laughs> because she does play it way more like a serious movie than anyone else. Um but no one except for John Voight really just like goes crazy chewing the scenery either. So it kind of it kind of falls in a weird middle ground there. Oh, I was going to say I would say the next closest is probably Ice Cube. Um, yeah, but uh, he's yes. not like no one's chewing <laughs> the it. The era like, when rappers were in all the movies. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I I I actually loved Ice Cube in this movie. He gets oh, yeah. he has like he has so few lines great. to be actually the hero of the movie. Um, he, I I bet he has. I bet if you look at the script, he's got like fifteen lines. Um, and it is so funny to me that his very first line in the movie is "It was a good day." Um, and, uh, and for listeners that may not know that ice cubes like huge song um and so his very first line in the movie is just him saying the title of his most popular song even though in the movie he's obviously not ice cube he's uh danny danny rich <laughs> danny rich and then uh, totally real name not to, made yeah. up danny no, rich d- definitely uh definitely a great name to give a character played by ice cube this looks yeah. like a danny rich um it actually one of the one of the trivia things was talking about how ice cube came in relatively late <laughs> um and maybe that explains why his dialogue is it's he basically gets nothing but one-liners and they are they're pretty good like i really liked one of the only lines that i noted i noted it was a good day and i noted i could kill you for free right now which i thought was hilarious line. um mm. just the way that it it's not that funny like it's not a line you just see in isolation but just like as a response to being you know mocked or whatever it it worked (laughs) um Uh, i wrote down one line that out of the entire movie that i thought was funny and it's right at the beginning when jayla's talking to the guy and she's he's like oh i saw some of your short films i thought they were very promising And it, that's the other one I think is very much like he. It, I think those three, like uh, John Voight, uh, Ice Cube, and Jonathan Hyde, are the ones like really. I think they're the ones that are being the most campy. I feel like uh, Owen Wilson and Carrie were Carrie were are pay, playing it pretty straight. Yeah. Um, but like those three are the ones where they're all like they're Owen a little Wilson's over the career top. Fascinates me. What was that? Owen Wilson. His career just fascinates yeah, me. Yeah, it was funny. He is in the most random things. He is, and, but it's funny because, like, 
this is like right at the beginning of when people were starting to know who he was. I don't know when Bottle Rocket was the Wes Anderson movie, um, but if you've seen like his his like '90s stuff, this movie is kind of like a really tiny capsule of the kind of roles he tended to play. Yeah, he was like, like he like did the, all those like what, Shanghai, Shanghai Noon and you know yeah. everything Wes Anderson's ever done. Yeah, and so so he was he in this movie he didn't really ever do anything funny, but he was the same kind of guy like the yeah. Um, uh, it was a, honestly was a waste of Owen Wilson. Uh, also, <laughs> I love that Jonathan Hyde is in two movies about ill-fated boat trips in 1997. <laughs> what's What's the other one? Titanic. He's a uh, Isme. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he's I, I, I didn't know. I, I like you made me second guess myself, and you're like, "What was the other one?" And I was like, "I'm positive that's Ismay from Titanic." <laughs> if you would have said it, I would have just confirmed it. You know, I'm like Wikipedia. <laughs> He was also in Jumanji. He plays the dad and the hunter. I mean, he's in tons he's of stuff, of those, but, you know. I, he's one of those guys that when I see him, I always recognize him, but I cannot, for the life of me, call to mind what I'm remembering him from. Uh, just watching rich... him, you know, on the boat, I was like, ha ha. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> the, the only thing Owen Wilson really gets to do that's, that's pretty good is I, I think that the scene where he kind of has his heel turn is, is pretty good, but he does die like 30 seconds after that. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> just think about it. Like we were going to take him to the hospital, but think of all that money. That's <laughs> basically like his, his pitch. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's one thing is like, it does feel like everyone in this movie completely forgets about him except for like, <laughs> terry and like or like jennifer lopez's character like because they're all just like okay (laughs) and then like once they start looking for the snake everyone's like what the hell like i just like i I thought we were on like a time limit to get to the hospital yeah like i think we're on a time crunch isn't he gonna like die and then like he's fine at the end of it and you're just like yeah, not Wait, only does what? he not die, but he, I mean, you know, not only does he not die, but he, he just heals over the, they took so long to get him to the hospital, he just healed. Yeah, um, he's completely fine now. <laughs> comes out at the end. Um, one of the few kind of clever things in the movie is whenever, uh, whenever uh, Terry goes in to try to seduce him to steal his gun, and then Ice Cube comes in, and, you know, he's he's gloating because of their foolish plan, and then gets hit with a golf club through the window behind him. Um, that was pretty good. That's the kind of thing people <laughs> usually don't think of in movies. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we have a plan that involves two of us, even though there are three of us. And it was kind of satisfying to have that, have their, their honestly, I mean, kind of a dumb plan, but to have their plan work. <laughs> um, a satisfying yeah, I just movie. love how he goes, Asshole in one. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I just love I that he brought they're... golf clubs on this uh, trip down the amazon <laughs> I, I i was i also thought it was pretty funny when it just showed him loading up all his stuff he's got these boxes of expensive wine his golf clubs um and um we didn't even mention that danny trejo's in this when he's super young yeah um, for like two seconds the different. yeah um I, I i actually didn't wasn't sure i thought it was him but i wasn't positive it was him at the beginning and then i looked looked it up because he's I mean, he's quite a bit younger and smaller and he has short hair um but his uh whenever they find his boat his boat also has quite a bit of miscellaneous in it that i wouldn't expect in like a poacher's houseboat like i wouldn't expect all the pictures and the games and here's some little doodads here and there like i guess i think of poachers as living a more spartan existence but 
And so I learned that from this movie that poachers are actually, you know, pack rats and they have a good time out on the water when they're not poaching. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a fun life, you know? Some people join the circus, some become poachers, but either way, you've got to have your Sudoku ready. Yeah. And, oh my and God. you know that. Time. Yeah. And you know that, that basically is the beginning of Moby Dick. <laughs> Oh my god, I would never have thought us doing an anaconda doing anaconda, we would have so many callbacks. It it sounds like a joke, but it's true. He's he's he enumerates all these things that he could do and then he's like, But I decided to go out to the sea. So I imagine that's kinda how I just imagine Danny Trejo's poacher as a he's intended as sort of a callback to Ishmael and Moby Dick, I imagine, if we were to talk to the screenwriter. Speaking a lot of that in of this movie. Danny Trejo. <laughs> if you guys had the choice, shoot yourself in the face or be eaten by a giant anaconda. Shoot myself in the face. Oh, I mean, probably shoot myself in the face, and mostly because they give you like they give you the the uh, being eaten eye view of being eaten by an anaconda, which does seem pretty unpleasant. I mean, I had a pet python, so I've seen uh, many creatures get killed and eaten, and I would much rather. Um, take myself out in an instant and go through that yeah yeah I, don't put I, me down <laughs> once you see the rest of his movie I, once you see the rest of the movie it makes sense i guess we can assume that he's seen other poachers meet that grisly fate um interestingly i guess in real life anacondas reach about half the length of these anacondas in this movie yeah mm-hmm. um, i was hearing a lot of snake facts my my daughter is obsessed with snakes. She has a snake and she reads about snakes all the time. And apparently, I don't want to shock you guys, but this there's not a lot of factual information about snakes in this movie. No. So <laughs> probably wouldn't What? You're telling me <laughs> this literally just real? checking off through the movie. I'm just like wrong. 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 <laughs> I was actually more surprised to find the things that were accurate. Like, for example, the markings on the animatronic anacondas are pretty close to what real anacondas have. Mm-hmm. The eyes are completely wrong. Um, totally because wrong. Anacondas have round eyes. <laughs> um, which Sean is a good thing to know. If you see a snake with round eyes, they probably won't hurt you. So I mean, they could. I don't plan on getting close enough to. Fight I mean, they can hurt you. They, they probably won't. But you know, you. if they bite you, you aren't like on a time crunch to you know, yes. get some antivenom. You know, I feel like the people on the boat knew that. They knew that wasp. They weren't on a time crunch with Eric Stoltz. He would be fine. They were just <laughs> just trying to add some tension. Um, I wonder how he felt about it afterwards. Like, whenever they're telling him what happened, there, he's like, you know, you guys know I was, like, in horrific pain near death seeing the Lord, you know, back on that bed. And you guys were flirting on the deck or whatever. And they're like, eh. <laughs> I feel you know, like... <laughs> I feel like he woke up and he was just like, where'd everybody go? Because <laughs> he goes shots? to sleep with everyone. And like, <laughs> then he comes out and there's like a tree and then there's a giant snake. And I'm sure he's just like, well, <laughs> things are weird here. <laughs> and then he passes back out until the end of the movie. <laughs> I will say all things considered, snakes are very, very, very hard. Like even today to make look convincing on screen. Yeah. And for the most part, this holds up pretty well and looks pretty good. Sometimes the it faces does, look the, a little iffy, but honestly, real-life anacondas do have kind of a wonky face. They do, um, and and really the effects in general, I mean, hold on, a lot of them are practical effects. But, mm-hmm. like, the inside of the mouths are really accurate, yeah. <laughs> um, which they show quite a bit of in the movie. Um, apparently the people who made the movie were concerned about 
making it look like a real anaconda, aside from the eyes, which apparently they intentionally changed. This is all coming from the IMDb trivia section, so mm-hmm. but yeah, take um, with a grain of salt. And there are a few. Do you guys know when the real snakes are in the movie? Uh, yeah, there are I only did, two places. I did clock that. <laughs> uh, the baby is at the end, and then when there's the explosion and the snakes, yeah. uh and they are actually baby anacondas, which is they actually are. pretty rare. Except for a random boa constrictor that <laughs> John Voight is still like, go back to your mother. And I'm like, that's a totally different species, dude. Um, yeah. It, I, I assume the I assume the little baby that bites the guy's thumb is like CG or something. I actually thought that looked pretty good. I mean, it looks goofy. <laughs> but I mean, it, its but face it looks... looks goofy, but yeah, it looks good. Yeah, that's not a real a real snake, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, um, the well, funniest... So go ahead. I was just going to say that I was surprised they actually use baby anacondas because it's very common now that I, there's a corn snake in our house because my daughter has one. And it's it's really surprising how often you watch movies and people are like, oh, no, it's a deadly snake. And they'll show the snake and it's a real snake. And if you know anything about Total snakes, you see that it's like a corn snake. A lot of times yeah. it's actually a literal corn snake. And even if it's not, it's almost never what they say it is. Yeah. Even in like reality anacondas shows. Anacondas are just so distinct looking. <laughs> They are. I, Maybe they thought people wouldn't notice. Although they barely show, they barely show the real snakes. <laughs> like you see, they they yeah. are on screen. Well, like, I mean, anacondas aren't the friendliest of snakes, so they probably yeah. weren't super great to work with. And you know, with snakes, you can't exactly train them, so they probably just were like, "Okay, let's show it really quick, and then gather them up." Yeah. Uh, my favorite, <laughs> favorite, uh, my thing that I thought was the most funny that the snake does that is just totally. At multiple points, it uses its tail to knock people down, or it will grab <laughs> them tail first. Yeah. And <laughs> again, if you're not super familiar with snakes, you probably wouldn't really think anything about it. But I'm just like, that is not what a snake would ever do. Like, they grab things yeah, with their head, wrap around <laughs> from there, and it's like, I'm just going to reach out with my tail and wrap you up that way and glare at yeah, everyone. They- like that snake, the snake in this movie is so fast with its tail, and just like how it moves in general, like on a flat surface, a lot of snakes aren't all that fast if there's not like a lot to yeah. grip on. But this snake is like lightning all the time, and especially anacondas specifically are not yeah. super fast on land, which is why they're in the water all the time because they're so heavy. And now they did have yeah. more. They did have more head grabbing than I remembered. It does grab several people by the head, including the professor guy um, in the waterfall. The waterfall thing is the other thing I really remembered. I remember from from watching it years ago. I remembered Ice Cube killing the anaconda with a pickaxe. <laughs> um, I remembered the guy getting killed on the waterfall, and I remembered the tracheotomy. Um, I don't know that I remembered most of the other kills, but those those stuck with me, and they were actually they actually were better than what I remembered. Yeah, they're not. They, bad. they really uh, work. <laughs> I mean, the, again, like like you're saying, it's not horror, so they're not really scary or yeah. gory, but like they they are effective for what they are. I think. As they, far as snake scariness, I don't know if you ever saw uh, the '90s Jungle Book adaptation with Lena Headey in it. Um, I have seen that. There is a snake sequence in that that I believe they actually. It looks like an anaconda in that point, even though you know it's supposed to be in India. But um, there's an underwater sequence with a giant snake and it is much scarier than anything in this film <laughs> but yeah, my I, my favorite kill is after owen wilson is eaten may he rest in peace and <laughs> they see the snake swimming and you see his face yes, his, outline <laughs> his in face there. totally outlined in his yes 
Okay, so I think that is hilarious. That is the only thing that my daughter said she thought was scary in the whole movie, and I just was mystified by that. Um, <laughs> because I think, I think it looks hilarious. Um, just to reiterate, kids are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> now, we talked about this earlier, but it's like, this is like a decent scary, like first scary movie for kids ever really watching. Yeah, it's it a very good not intro much to scary horror. stuff in it. <laughs> um, I remember parts of it as being gorier than they were. Like it's just over time. Like I remember the tracheotomy thing as being kind of bloody, and I know I'm just combining it with another movie where there was a similar scene <laughs> because it's very like uh, it's not as over the top as I remembered. I remembered like John Voight basically like out of nowhere, just like stabbing him in the throat and sticking a tube in there. And it's, it's like, <laughs> I can do this, you know, and he cuts him with a knife. And um, I, I don't know. It's the, the thing is like, it's, it's very easy to take movies like this and to just like tear them apart. And it is fun to do that. It's not like Anaconda needs to tend it. <laughs> but also I was, I was surprised when I watched it. Um, I remembered it being, you know, not scary, and I remembered it being fun, and I remembered it being campy, and it is all those things. But I was surprised. Um, I feel like this is going to be something that I just say anytime you guys have me on the podcast. But I feel like it's kind of a type of movie that they don't really make anymore um, because these kind of movies, like scary animal movies, <laughs> whatever you want to call those creature features, those are relegated to like straight to video things that just look like shit and are populated with people you've never heard of who can't act that don't really have a script. You know, they're, they're mostly stuff that you would not even want to watch. Even for I mean, campaign. cocaine bear is pretty fun. entertaining. <laughs> yeah. See, cocaine bear is pretty rare, like bigger budget. I mean, like, yeah. Before that bear, bear looked good. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I think I won't. It's because very entertaining. Told me very entertaining. I like it if I like those other movies, but, um, and the thing that really surprised me about this movie is, it looks good. Like mm-hmm. it's shot on location. It has obviously on has film? a real cinema <laughs> on film. It has a real cinematographer, an actual director, real script people. It's not like they produce something brilliant, but it, it looks good. It's fun to watch. It moves. It has pacing. It has actual actors a who are trying that, to make like, the material has work. A car- <laughs> still has a career. Yes. And so in that way, I was surprised because like, this is not like a good movie, but it is a good movie for this type of movie because these kind of movies are not they're not even aiming for like (laughs) an oscar movie or even like a really high-end thriller they're like these mid-budget action adventure thriller kind of things like even a different genre but even something like um you guys ever watch like copycat from the 90s i think it's Sigourney weaver Mm -hmm. yes it Um, is Sigourney weaver (laughs) there's a bunch of yes there's a bunch of movies like in that vein and around that budget level. That was like the bread and butter movie of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And that's how these were. There's a ton of these movies that have decent budgets, decent actors, and they're still fun to watch. They hold up because they're actual movies. People who wanted to make something that was fun yeah. and good. I, this is the time period of movies that I generally, this is the well I go back to all the time is that time yeah. period, you know, mid-budget, on location, actors, <laughs> like a decent story. Uh, not necessarily yeah. Anaconda, but you know they're entertaining, and you know I mean the story's I've seen goofy, a movie like but Copycat and Forever. Yes, the thing is, the story is the story is stupid, but also it it's an actual story. You understand how it gets from point A to point B. Like you guys watch a lot of horror, so you mm-hmm. know this. Like if you watch like low quality stuff, like 
actual straight to video stuff. <laughs> like that's kind of a loaded phrase now because I know so much like yeah. quality <laughs> stuff goes to streaming or whatever. But like actual like straight to video stuff, like a lot of times there's you can tell that there was not like a script advisor or a continuity editor or somebody who was saying like, how can this person be here and here? Like, cause they just make no sense. But like <laughs> this, it, it makes sense. It flows. It's stupid, but it, it's, but competently it's stupid done. in the right kind of way. It's competent. That's, and it sounds, it sounds ridiculous to say there just aren't many competent movies. Obviously there are tons of them, but this type of movie, this, this budget level of movie, it just feels like kind of a dying breed, and they pro- there probably are a lot of them that exist, but they're just not that accessible because they're not promoted. You don't, you just don't know about them. Like, how many movies have you guys done with horror that are good, but if you weren't like digging in the depths for them, you'd never find them. <laughs> like they, it, but it used to be, you know, this would come out the same weekend as. Yeah, this was like a summer know, movie. I think it's a summer movie. I remember seeing ads for this movie, like in the paper, whenever they used to put the And like, obviously, I grew up, like, I didn't have TV and stuff, <laughs> and even I saw this movie being promoted and was excited about it. Yeah. So, I don't know that I have anything, like, deep or meaningful to say about that, but I, I do I do miss that kind of movie, because that's, that's most of what we would watch. When I talk about going to, the, to, to Hollywood Video or the library or whatever, getting stacks of movies, this is mostly what it was. <laughs> it was mostly... These mid-budget things, and a lot of the things I have a lot of nostalgia for are from that era. But when I go back and revisit them, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them do hold up pretty well. And I'm not really a rewatcher. I don't think I'm re I don't think I'm blinded by nostalgia quite the same way that some people are, because it's not like I've been watching these movies off and on for twenty years. I watch something once and I almost never go back to it. So going back to something and seeing like, oh, this is a real movie. <laughs> like it's not a great movie, but it's a real movie. <laughs> it's kind. Of, it's kind of nice. Um, I and know, I, I, I really enjoyed stuff it from like, the days that they shot on film. It just has such a different texture and the location stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Right? The locations and the practical effects combined in this to really, I think that's really why it worked. Like if you were to take this exact script and make it, but you. You know, you shoot it on a soundstage and blue screen everything in, and you've got no practical effects. I think it feels like a completely different movie, even with oh, the yeah. same actors and everything. It's it's just different. Um, yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to note is that this is not related to what I was just saying at all. But as we established before, <laughs> we started recording. Everyone's tired, so we're yeah, kind of all, all over the place. <laughs> um, Ice Cube is from South Carolina in this movie, and I don't know if that's where he's from in real life or not, but he mentions it at the beginning. It's such a weird uh, detail to include. <laughs> it is. It's one of those details that almost feels like later on we're going to have a one-liner that ties into him being re- being from South Carolina. I don't know that anybody else gets a place of origin. They're all just like, we showed up on this boat, and Ice Cube's like, I'm from South Carolina. Um, but I, I thought that was pretty funny. That is funny. Uh, I another can't but get over John is, Wouldn't that make Terry from there, too? Up. He said, my homegirl from SC. Yeah. That's, oh, that's yeah. true. That's true. Ma- ma- I mean, maybe there is kind of a, maybe there is kind of like, a, since they're the survivors, I mean, I guess Eric Stoltz technically survives, but he's also, you know, gimped early on in the movie. Um, I Maybe, <laughs> I don't know if that's an appropriate word to use. You can, you can no, edit it out if it's not. I was thinking more of the I think it's one a perfect word. Pulp Fiction. And I was <laughs> you, like, you think it's something a little more <laughs> you think it's something a little more literal. You're thinking of Eric Stoltz being a little more literally gimp. Gimpy, which, not a gimp. There's a difference. <laughs> which, again, would have made this a much different movie. 
Um, uh, and he's also. Uh, I mean, what movie isn't improved by putting a gimp in there? I mean, it's hard to say because not enough movies do it to give us a sample set. But I mean, this is <laughs> this is the end of it, and it just made it so much better. Like the like the trunk that, <laughs> that he goes and retrieves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really just had exactly. a gimp tied up in there. <laughs> treasures, it's treasures. That whenever they open it, um, my gimp. <laughs> Maybe it's maybe it's just a callback to Pulp Fiction. Um, <laughs> but but uh, maybe that maybe that's why it says it because you got all these LA types, you know, and then you've got the the streetwise. Uh, I mean, South Carolina is not what I think of as like a streetwise place, but like they're the they're the non LA people, and they're the people who, who survive. J Lo and, and Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Eric Stoltz because he was safe away in his bed most of the time. I'm always amazed by how much Eric Stoltz really does. Like, I know the Back to the Future thing is like the template for did you know movie trivia, but like how much he looks like he could be like Michael J. Fox's brother or cousin or something. Oh yeah, um, it has a lot of similar energy. Like during his during his few minutes in this movie, even though he doesn't get a whole lot to do, I did think that he was a good choice, and he added he, he kind of I thought he's kind of like very cheery um personality kind of helped explain like why are all these random people like just doing this thing out on the amazon with him but also i liked how at the very end um which i did not remember at all (laughs) that at the end all their friends have died all their friends and and co-crew members have died but the movie actually ends with them being really happy that they can actually still make their documentary (laughs) because they show up and they find the, the show the must go end. on. This documentary was her big break. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder who's going to narrate. Is it going to be J Lo or is it going to be Ice Cube? Because I, you know, Eric Stoltz can't talk. Yeah, about Eric Stoltz, his, his, you know, his throat's fucked up. So, like, I, I just want to hear what it would have sounded like. <laughs> I, I would, I would like to know how this documentary was going to be J Lo's big break. Like, they don't really explain that. I don't think there's too many people that make the jump from documentaries to... Was she an on... Okay, so I might have just missed this, but was she, is she was she like an on-screen person? Was she like ADR? Was she I, I, camera I don't support? know. Their roles, I mean, obviously, Ice Cube <laughs> carried the camera. Right. Uh, Titanic, Jonathan Hyde was going to be the narrator. I don't... Yeah, I, I assumed like she, she was going to... I assumed she was like the director. Yeah, she's the director. She's director. Okay, so who's Eric Stoltz? I thought Eric Stoltz was. He's director. the he's the one he's like well, he's the, the brains behind it. Yeah, he's, he's the, so he's the tribe expert. He has yeah. that conversation. So and Terry's that, Terry, the director. Terry was the she sound was the production, person, manager. production manager. Owen Wilson's car- Gary did sound. Danny was camera, and Warren was the narrator, or on-screen talent essentially. So like. It was supposed to be Terry's film. Like she's that's what she means by her big break. It's, it's her directorial debut. Okay, well that that makes that makes more sense. I mean, I guess she'd pretty much have to be the narrator, right? Because there's not there's not anyone else. And I, also, Ice Cube can't really be the. I mean, he could be, I guess, if they did it in post. But they brought their narrator with them. Um, he's the cameraman. <laughs> he can't really be the narrator, right? <laughs> um, I, I like doing these podcasts because. Um, you guys can explain to me what happened in the movie. Cause usually I don't <laughs> like, I don't know who the different people were. 
the great thing yeah. is if there's a good <laughs> script, you don't have to explain it. <laughs> it's, it's true. And, you know, the other thing is if the movie just keeps moving, at least me, I will never question it until it comes time to dissect it. It's like, who are these three people? Like, I don't know. Like, they, this guy jumped off a mast or whatever. Um, exactly who they were, not that important to me until I'm talking about it. And then it's like, you know, then I look like an idiot. But usually I don't have to talk about the movies I watch, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, I always have to talk about them. Always, always. <laughs> yeah, you, it's, it's more. It's probably slightly more important to be able to identify the different characters when you. Uh, this one, I could have not told you any of their names except for I knew Ice Cube was Danny, and Owen Wilson was Gary because we could hear their names shouted a lot. But I could yeah, not have told Gary, you a single other character's it. name without having it like written down in front of me. That was actually one thing I liked about having most of the actors be people that I knew. Um, because I don't have to really remember the names. I can just call him Jaylo or Ice Cube or whatever. Um, one thing <laughs> and Angelina was... Jolie's dad. <laughs> Angelina Jolie's dad. Um, <laughs> had no career yeah, of his own. That's his only important contribution only to society. Yep. <laughs> he gave us Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Um, one thing that's, one thing that's funny is when you get to the end of this movie, um, the cast is tiny. There's like 10 people listed in the actual Yeah, the credits, credits are so short. Um, <laughs> Which was actually kind of cool. Like, obviously, you know that when you're watching it, but it, I, I didn't really think about how few people. There's, there are no aside from the tribal people at the end. There and I guess the end. You see some people on the dock people. before the. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, but other they than don't that, have any yeah, lines or nobody. anything. Um, there's no well, extraneous there, characters. <laughs> yeah, like there's nine characters in this movie, and six of them die. <laughs> and and one of them actually dies in the beginning, so technically he's not barely a character. <laughs> really so there's really eight characters in this, and yeah. seven of or what is it? Six of them die? No, uh, there's seven. Five of them die. Yeah, I, I kept forgetting about Eric Stoltz when I was keeping track of the survivors four. when I was watching the movie. So I was like, "There's three people left. I guess there's four. Um, I I, I liked how they wipe out like six people, people die in very close proximity. Um, and and then it barrels to the end like really quickly <laughs> once they once they get those other people out of the way. Well, I will and say, that is, oh, go ahead, John. Oh, I was just gonna say, and that's one of the things I do like about this movie. It is kind of a slow burn for like, which is funny. <laughs> um, but like, I mean, you you get your first like, we get our jaw shots of the uh of the snake like stalking Danny Trejo. Yeah. Um. And then after that, there's not really any snakes for like an almost an hour. Yeah, like, thirty it, or forty it, minutes. Yeah, but it's it still it, it's paced very well, which is something I have learned to really appreciate as a movie's pacing. Um, used to it wasn't necessarily a huge deal to me, and now if a movie is not paced well, I'm just like Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's paced very well. It flies by. I don't think any of it bores me at all. And it also has an actual like. It has credits, <laughs> so of those eighty nine minutes, a couple minutes are actual credits, like before. Yeah, the actual finish. credits are between four and five minutes long. Because I was like, oh, I wonder how long the credits are. So yeah, the movie itself was like eighty five minutes. And you know, it's funny because I don't, I, I, I like, I like credits, like I like credit sequences. Um, but I actually thought the credit sequence in this was really effective. It sets, it set the mood, um. With with the location, I mean, it's just location establishing shots, but it kind of mm-hmm. set the it set the tone appropriately. I love I anything that's set on the Amazon. It's always gorgeous. It's so atmospheric. Um, 
I'll pretty much watch anything with that setting. So yeah, I th- I think the opening credits are great. It really sets yeah. the mood. And also, I just love any movie that gives us like a killer vision or animal vision. Like even in <laughs> yes. even in Piranha 3D. Like anytime it's in the Piranha Vision, I'm just like yes. Yeah. So anytime we yeah. got the snake vision, I was really happy. To me, that's and, always I. To me, that's like Evil Dead vision. Like that's what yeah, I it's very Evil Dead. I also love the shot from inside the snake when it's going to eat John Voight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Couldn't it happen to oh. a nicer guy. Um, and the fact that he's still alive later. Uh, yeah, I'm just I like, okay, he got crushed to death, swallowed, has been in there, is partially digested, but still has enough brain function Well, he's to not really win. partially digested because, it, it, I mean, how far down could he be gone? Like, how much digestion could happen in what? Well, I mean, the stomach acid. Uh, Mostly I would like to know how he escaped. Like, how did he get out of the snake? It threw him back up. It threw him back up. Just it like, oh, oh, yeah. It just... Oh, I was, but, just Sean, actually, I mean, that actually seen. is pretty <laughs> accurate. Snakes start digesting, like, immediately. They have very strong, oh. very strong stomach acid. Because, like, um, sometimes if she wasn't able to, like, eat her out or something and did spit it back up, to, like, it would already be, like... So, that is pretty accurate. Okay. Him think- still being conscious and alive, not accurate. <laughs> I just... I mean, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. But... Go ahead, Brent. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying there, there what there is a guy. I'm not looking it up, but there was a guy that was eaten partially by a snake, and they got him out of the snake, and he was. I think he did die, but like he wasn't dead at the time. So I guess if you, I mean, he was like, and I think it's one of the only anaconda. My daughter's told me about it, and if she ever hears this and I get it wrong, I'll never hear the end of it. But. Um, so I guess like technically, <laughs> technically it's perfectly feasible. Um, but mostly I think it's hilarious that like the movie is very like scenery chewy, especially John Boyd, but like it doesn't wink at you until it literally winks at you there. Like with five minutes left in the movie when he literally winks at JLo, but really the audience <laughs> when he comes out of the snake, um, it's it's very funny. It's like it's like the it's like a joke that the whole movie has been building up to. <laughs> Honestly. Um. <laughs> uh did you catch the weird scene where the boat's like stuck and the waterfall it's like it's filmed I, in reverse so the waterfall's going up? I saw that that happened and I was looking for it, but then I got distracted by something else that was happening and I missed it. Um I didn't see, see exactly I read the stuff after and so I was watching it and I'm like that water's going up, and then I saw it and think I'm like, okay, my eyes weren't crazy. Like it really was. I guess that's right at the too. end, like right before the professor gets killed or something. Right after. Uh, it's somewhere around in there. Like it's, it's just the, one like shot. The in the, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. One. I'm looking at my looking at my notes. Oh, John Voight just like eating things in crazy ways throughout the movie. Several times they cut to him, and he's just got like something in his mouth. He's just kind of tearing at. Like he's an animal of some sort himself. Uh, just another interesting choice by Brazilian yeah. priest. John it's almost Boyd. like he's going doing <laughs> this super weird <laughs> method performance. That's yes. just <laughs> that's actually that's actually what I wondered. Like if a lot of the stuff he's doing is intended to make him look like an anaconda. This weird like pulling up his face thing, his hair slicked like really aggressively back. Um, when we were watching it, my daughter said he looks like he's trying to look like a snake and then after she said that i was thinking like maybe that's maybe that's like the weird thing he's trying to do like he's supposed to look a little serpentine himself well it makes sense uh, for <laughs> terry when terry 
when he she, Terry shows him the paper with him, Mateo, and the poacher from the beginning on it, she's yeah. like, what you do is not so hard. I can trap a snake, too. <laughs> I laughed <Nice>. so hard. <laughs> Honestly, good for her. It was, but, it's good. I would have thrown him in the river, though. I think Danny was right. Like, you would have survived oh, yeah. a lot yeah. of heartbreak if you would have just kicked his ass over. Also, real yeah. missed opportunity to just knock what's-her-face into the water rather than um, having her also be victim to the anaconda. Uh, who's that? Uh, uh, the Denise. You know, oh. like Carrie, whatever her name is. Um, I actually think her death is actually one of the most horrifying. It yeah, is I horrifying, like... but I mean, if, I, if I'm watching a creature feature, I want to see people get taken out. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I actually think her death in the... Um... And the guide's death are the most, they, they're the most, like, kind of visceral, because the guide, mm. he gets he actually gets his neck broken on camera. <laughs> most of the other deaths, it's just people, like, their head gets completely grabbed, covered by, like, the snake's head. Um, the, the guide thing was the only thing that I was a little concerned watching with my kid, because um, it was just, not, again, it's, like, it's cheesy, but, like... <laughs> more violent than most of the rest of the movie the the panther eye i thought was hilarious um i remember oh. that being a little more gory but it just looks like um something from like costume city or whatever party city <laughs> <laughs> and it's all these quick cuts like in my mind it's like it's squeezing the panther and its eye pops out but instead it's like a bunch of quick cuts and then an eye laying on the ground and actually you just have to intuit that that was indeed the panther's eye um <laughs> because Oh, we don't know. I mean, we don't because see eyes just you know <laughs> pop out of you when you're <laughs> totally. I was reading some works. user. Works. I was reading some user reviews of this movie, and somebody said, "Sadly, you wouldn't be able to get away with a lot of the violence in this movie in a PG thirteen movie today." And then after I watched the movie, I was thinking, like, "What?" <laughs> like, uh, what would you I not- just saw Guardians of the Galaxy three, which is PG thirteen, and it is a far more graphic than this. I've, I heard that, and and I've seen. A number of PG thirteen. I mean, the thing is, because almost everything is PG thirteen now, unless it's like, you know, uh, I mean, even a lot of horror and stuff. Like the ring is more intense than anything in this movie by a long shot. Mm-hmm. That that shot right at the beginning of the ring of the girls in the closet is like fifty times as horrific as anything. In, One of the most horrifying things Palmer. ever. It is awful, um, <laughs> and that's PG thirteen. Um, I just thought it was very funny. It just made me, it just made me imagine like some, some like, I mean, let's be honest, like somebody around my age, like scrolling through the movies and thinking kids these days, this trash. We had, we had exploitation fair, like Anaconda when I was a kid, PG-13, we got Panther Eyes and and then looking send and there it is for me to see whenever I watch Anaconda. (laughs) Um yeah, I see really bad takes all the time. Just like what, what? It is Did weird they, because like, were they not embarrassed to like put this out? Like their names on this. When you're trying to assess, when I'm looking like at non kids movies to watch with the kids, sometimes I want to look and see what the violence is. But like, you cannot assess like how violent something is by the descriptions because somebody might have been completely horrified by that panther eye, and like you see the bloody dismembered eye of the panther. <laughs> lying on the ground covered in viscera um and then you see it in the movie it, so i was like after reading about it i was like man is this movie like way more intense than i remembered and then when i watched it, i was like no <laughs> this, this person like, just honestly, hasn't watched the like, movie since 1997 this is a very very light pg-13 i think 
It is. Um, I did. I did notice. There's a couple parts where they obviously um, took out uh, cursing. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's some there's some definite ADR going the on. Freaky. <laughs> the, the, um, the the professor yelling freaky. My finger. My freaking finger. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone <laughs> in a movie has ever said freaking. If you hear that in a movie, they it's took always... out fuck and did that ADR. Somebody's that is, trying to do a PG-13 movie. Yeah. It, it the studio wanted funny. a PG-13, so we had them re-record, and that's what we did. <laughs> it is very funny to imagine that like they finish Anaconda, and they're thinking, like, we're making this... Uh, this is going to be a hard R anyway, so you guys are just going to leave all these F-bombs in the script, and then they watch it and it's like, oh, this is actually kind of like a hard PG. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I, you know, ADR this, honestly, like, I, I was trying to think, I'm like, you know, it probably would have to be PG-13 because of some of this stuff, but I'm like, uh, yeah. essentially, I, I mean, mean, this is basically a PG like, movie. It's like, like Jumanji is more like disturbing than like, this. It's like maybe 15 or 20 seconds cuts to get it down to PG-13, yeah. I think. Um, I, one thing that I noticed, this is the last thing that I have in my notes that I haven't mentioned, uh, <laughs> Is whenever J Lo goes in to seduce John Voight, whose whose name is Sarone in the movie, I can't remember what his first name is. Paul. Paul Sarone. Also, doesn't sound like a real name somehow. I don't know <laughs> how, but somehow it just Sean, doesn't. Quite... I, can I throw you under the bus for a second? <laughs> so you know how you'll come up with character names for things. Um, yes. <laughs> and I judge them sometimes. Uh, it's kind of that effect, like, oh, this is such a cool name, I'm going to write it out, but it does not sound like a name a real person would ever have. Um, that's, that's what's going on with. Yeah, Paul Cerrone is kind of like in the Uncanny Valley, like it's close to something that sounds like a real name, but not, yeah. not quite Yeah, there. like Clayton Jones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Why not Clayton Jackson or something? That, that's more uh, realistic. So much cooler. <laughs> um, but she goes in to seduce him, and he, you know, he he's there she's she's trying to make out with him whatever and then ice cube knocks open the door he turns around you know he's mocking her plan but then he takes he's been kissing her he takes a, a moment to mock ice cube and then he turns and just gives her one more kiss and then shoves her away <laughs> like just such a like a like a 30s villain kind of oh yeah uh, move to toss in there right before they tie them up and put them on the railroad tracks or something um he really is like a cartoon character in the movie, and I don't know. It, it's because this is audio. It's really hard to express to someone how weird his performance is in this movie. Because the movie I, is honestly, not really it that has weird. to be seen to be believed. But, <laughs> it is so bizarre. Uh, that scene specifically, I just love that it's basically that scene from the end of Aladdin. You know, she's trying to <laughs> yeah, distract Jafar and you know be He's all sexy far. with him, but he and then he sees the reflection and. <laughs> <laughs> like it's literally that scene from Aladdin. Now, now you've got me it thinking. Really the, you've got me thinking the live action Aladdin really missed the trick by not casting John Voight as Jafar. Um, <laughs> oh my god! I can't I really mean, see a I, downside. Jafar, he was super hot, but I'm just like Jafar is supposed to be like creepy and old. Was he maybe <laughs> so, maybe a little too hot? A little too yeah. hot for Jafar. Yeah. Turn him down, maybe like two notches. I never yeah, did see he was the live too young, action. He was too hot. It's decent. I didn't love it when I saw it in theaters, but it's all right. But yeah, the little Little Mermaid, best live action. Yeah, we were. I wanted to go see that uh, last weekend, but it's very expensive to go see movies with all the kids, so we decided. To Don't take the kids. Stuff. That's your childhood movie. Not <laughs> 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 the the thing is, like, I liked the Little Mermaid. 
another sidebar here, but like this, this, uh, like the, uh, like the movie, this podcast is running, you know, like a tight 90 here. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but the little mermaid, like, I liked the little mermaid, but like, I was more of an Aladdin guy. Aladdin was like my very favorite Disney movie. So like, I want to see the new little mermaid cause I think it looks good, but like, I feel like my kids would maybe appreciate it more than me, but maybe not if it's actually like, you know, like super good. I'm hearing from some people that it's like really exceptionally good. So, and I know that you've seen it like 16 times already. So it's been three, three times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but by the next time I talk to you, it will be like 16. <laughs> yeah. probably. I mean, I, ideally. <laughs> he uh, has, he has AMC, the AMC thing where you can see three. I've actually, I only saw it one. I saw it the first time AMC, the other two times because our schedule has been so busy. I've not had time to go to that AMC. So I've just like popped over to Lebanon <laughs> to watch it at the shitty, shitty theater. Um, it's fine though. Wow. It's I fine. I never went to that theater before. I love it. I mean, it's it's I fine for stuff, but like I liked going to AMC because they've got the IMAX, they've got the recliners, they've got actual food. <laughs> uh, yeah. When I used to go see movies at the AMC, it was terrible, but um, <laughs> they, no, it's they very nice now. Remodeled it since then, or maybe replaced it. Maybe it wasn't even AMC whenever I used to go see movies. Yeah, the uh, the Lebanon's a good rich. It's. It's it's acceptable. It's fine. Oh, that you know what the one the one we used to go to in Lafayette was a good rich. The seven is what we mm-hmm. used to go to. They've uh, remodeled some of those. One of those is actually pretty nice now. I don't know which one. I can't remember because you know there's those two, and I always get them mixed up. One time um, when we were there, we went to either the seven or the ten, and they had they had redone it. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember which one it was though. This is this by the way is like. When I read the reviews, I see a lot of people saying the main reason I listen to this is because I like to hear people who haven't lived in Indiana for a decade talk about how the theaters were when they were there. So this is actually some really quality, some really quality content. Awesome. <laughs> um, you might have put this in the description. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the state of theaters in Indiana. <laughs> I, I hate it because I'm afraid, you know, not having as much to say about it makes it seem like this movie is not something like. I mean, some things is, just aren't you it's know just, it's, it's just a great it's, movie to watch like there's just there's no depth to it like it has zero yeah. depth but it, it's it's a great movie in that way not like, all movies need to have <laughs> a bunch of depth um not all movies need a two-hour podcast when my mom no. saw <laughs> the length of the first podcast i did with you she was thinking about listening to it and then she was like oh this is over two hours and then i'm sure that she never looked at it again <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, I recorded, you know, a Schmigadoon episode last night, and we talked for like two hours and 40 minutes on recording, and we could have talked for probably another 30 at least, and we were like, we should just wrap this <laughs> up, because like nobody's going to listen to this. Um, I mean, it was wonderful. Great conversation. <laughs> we're like, we'll yeah. listen to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes you're just doing it for yourself. Sometimes yeah, you do it 100%. for the fans. Sometimes you do it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, like, I don't have, I mean, I don't really have a ton more to say, but I did want to say, like, uh, happy Pride. <laughs> I don't, I don't have any. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have any real life uh, queer friends down here, so I've, I've not had anybody say it to really. So <laughs> there you go. Well, thank um, you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it, Jesus, it when did like we turn sh- into the twins from The Shining? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Come play with us, uh, Sean. Do you have any final point. thoughts on the Anaconda? opus uh yeah i also really love the sequel to this one well the first one i do too i prefer the sequel actually 
Have you seen the sequel, friend? No, no. So Anaconda so Hunt for the Blood Orchid. I like, yeah. So the Anaconda is, does. Oh yeah, Anaconda so does you, Hunt for the Blood Orchid. So have you just seen the second one? Have you, have I've you seen, seen all of the Anaconda movies. So I've seen yeah. all four of the main ones. I did not see the Lake Placid. <laughs> Um, but if you do try and watch the Anaconda versus Lake Placid, I believe that's actually a sequel to Lake Placid Four. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay. So I I get bored and I'll just go on like a Wikipedia binge, yeah. and so like I'll just pick something or I'll like pick an actor and then I'll look it through their vis- filmography and I'll find like a movie I want to read about. So I'll read about it and then I'll be like, oh, it's a series. Let's move into the next oh, one. Yeah. So I do that all I, the time. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll just like keep reading about whatever the heck I want to read, and but yeah, for Anacondas, um, I actually rem- we bought it. It was one of the first DVDs I ever bought, and I bought it for Christmas as part of a two pack with the first one, and made my cousins watch it with me, and we loved it. And, and I was decided to always be the person that picked movies because I had the best <laughs> taste. Anacondas um, Hunt for the Blood Orchid has one of my favorite shots, and like all of film which one uh the one from above where they're crossing the water and the snake is winding its way between them all Oh, in between them all and you can see it from above through the water but they can't see that it's there and i just think it's such a cool shot i love it it really is it's a lot more whereas this one's i think unintentionally funny (laughs) that one is like meant to be funny i also would say it's scarier than this as well yeah, in some ways, yeah, it is. It is scarier. Um, uh, we'll have to have you on for it, Brent. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm to totally down it. to do Anaconda. I like. I honestly do. Yeah. I like it better than this one. So I think. I think that Anaconda's was a theatrical movie, right? Mm-hmm. It was actually. A, was the second one in theaters? Yes, I, the second one came I in remember, theaters. The third and fourth were direct to video. I know the third I and fourth were direct to video. They've got <laughs> David Hasselhoff in one of those. <laughs> wow, three. Um, I, I remember being in a theater, seeing some other movie, and seeing the trailer for Anacondas with uh, one of my friends that I watched Anaconda with, and we were like freaking out, <laughs> um, like it was the new Star Wars trailer or something. And then we never did see Anacondas, so I don't know. Um, it's actually really fun. <laughs> like, there's a line in it um, uh, where after I, I'm not going to give away too much, but somebody kills a snake, they like cut off a snake's head, and they're like, "You Lorraine abominated that snake." <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that line. <laughs> I, I, I love a good Lorraine really... and Bobbit reference. <laughs> um, and are there any? Is there any other kind? Then a good one. No, I, the answer is no. I, I really appreciate you not spoiling the movie about people going into the jungle and being attacked by a giant snake. That would have been pretty upset. Yeah. Oh, as it is, well, I have no idea what that happens. happens before it is even funnier. <laughs> but I don't want to give it away. I see. You don't want to spoil the joke. See, I want you to see that joke because that one is really funny. Well, this is very tempting. I, I'm gonna watch it in the next few days. I, I would. I would I recommend really it. I don't surprised. think it's long either. No, it's not. It's an hour and thirty-seven minutes. Pretty amazing. Um, one of the things that one of the things that that really surprised me is I just don't like watch a lot of stuff. I've been on this show. Twice, <laughs> um, but I, I watch a little bit of TV with Liz, and um, I watch a couple shows myself. But like even those, I'm way behind on everything. I just because I'm busy and I'm lazy and all kinds of other things. Um, <laughs> I just don't watch a ton of stuff, and I was just 
it was so nice because a lot of stuff that I do watch is TV. The other thing I really liked, and also when I watched You've Got Mail, um, just I love watching TV, but like watching movies is just such a self-contained experience comparatively. And when they're good, it's just satisfying to start something and like finish it. <laughs> like binging a thirty-hour or forty-hour show is not the same thing yeah, as watching. Yeah, I just binged all of Succession movie. in a week and a half, and that was yeah. a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's like great shows. I mean, I love Succession. I'm way behind on it, but Fantastic. I love Succession. Uh, now that it's but finished, like, I will say it's up there in like the top three. Like, I know, but when, I, but when I think seen. about going to watch it, it's like it takes me so long to watch things. And I think, man, it's so much to watch. But like, if somebody recommends a movie, it still takes me a while to get to it. But it's like it's just this. <laughs> like, I can watch this in a couple hours, and I'll have seen. And it's done. <laughs> um, and it's nice, uh, even if it's not a great movie like Anaconda. As long as it's fun. I don't have that much patience for things that aren't fun and like just pull me in right away whenever I'm busy and not watch much stuff. And this was just such a great thing to watch because it did that way more than I expected. I actually think you'll really like Anacondas because I, I think do Anacondas is, I would actually almost say more fun than this one. Yeah. Because I, I think I, it really leans into its like campiness. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas this one's very campy and I think it's like, I don't know if it's intentionally campy or if it's just <laughs> it's the way it's played, but like that one and like the next one, it, it is very much like a campy film. <laughs> like it's fun. Um, the characters are like hot and stupid, and like there's a lot of deaths. A there's lot more a, snakes. There's a lot more deaths. There's a lot more snakes, and the snakes are uh, the snakes don't look any more real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they look. I will say the snakes look less real in Anaconda's, <laughs> but I don't care. Yeah, it I, I do think like me. looking at this, it was made in two thousand four, so it's seven years later. This had and Anaconda was like a hit movie, but not like Jaws hit movie. So it seems like Anaconda's had to be made by people who like for movie, um, it, like to get into theaters and be made seven years later. Like, but that plus you know obviously the recommendation and everything that does. Sound yeah, I think I mean, I'm I, happy to talk about it if I watch it. <laughs> it's, it's, it is fun. Um, and it's one of those, like, they... I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. And, like, a lot of the deaths are fun. Like, I mean, when you first see the Anacondas is actually the shot that Clayton is talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and it really is, like, it is a really visually dynamic movie too i'll see if i can find a gif of the shot and send it to you because it's wonderful um i did have one more quick thing i wanted to say about anaconda i almost forgot um the score um i didn't notice it in most places but a couple times i did notice that it takes something that's sort of like the um uh, the inception sound that that gong kind of thing and but it does like a jaws thing with it (laughs) a couple times whenever someone's in the water most notably, whenever they blow up that wall and someone's like in the water, you think Owen Wilson's about to get eaten. And there's just like kind of a da-da kind of thing, but it's like with that gong kind of sound or whatever. And I just thought, it just struck me as funny. It was sort of obviously like a little Jaws homage thing. Um, but I, I didn't really have much, <laughs> didn't note the score very much in general. I'm not even sure how yeah, much it's score not, It was, doesn't uh, draw a ton of attention to itself. And I mean... Like, is there a lot of it? Like, just thinking about, it, I can't recall. Like, if there's music, I only noticed it. a little bit. I think there is, but it's very, the uh, it's not super it's bombastic. Kind of yeah, like yeah. The, the composer is some... Randy Edelman. Edelman. Um, he did stuff like, um, 
Last of the Mohicans. Oh. <laughs> um, he is kind of hit or miss. Like some of his stuff's really good and some of it's forgettable. But yeah, I think the Anacon score is decent. It just doesn't they really call a lot of attention the, to itself. Had some decent stuff at the beginning and then over the end credits. I love and actually you've got mailed at this too. But I love how in the '90s, whenever movies were over, it's just like, here we go. We resolved the last plot point. The uh, crane shot out. Boom. Credits. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's. It, it seems like Not that a is 15 so minute rare re- resolve. Yeah, it seems like it takes forever to actually go from the climax to the credits in a lot of. I sound like an old person, but go from the <laughs> like the resolution to the credits in a lot of newer movies. But it always it's almost bracing how quickly a lot of '90s movies are like. Well, this is over. Here's yeah. the people. Or whatever. Get in, get out. It's wonderful. <laughs> you know, you can have you can have sh- more showings. Like, why waste 15 minutes? Yeah, I uh, like it. Cut off That's 15 great. minutes, and, you know, you can get a whole other showing in that day. Get another theater. Plus, if you're somebody who likes to watch the credits like I do, I don't want it to take forever to get there, because mm. I don't want to be able to see that. <laughs> well, at least that time. <laughs> so, on that note, Brent, what would you rate this on a score of five? Oh, oh, my goodness. Okay, so, like, if you give it a really high score, that makes it sound like you're saying, like, Susan Kane's a five, The Godfather's a five, and Anaconda's a four. Um... <laughs> But, well, I mean, stuff can but, go on personal enjoyment yeah, rather yeah, than I mean, quality. For me, I mean, I mean, I thought it. I mean, for me, it's like you know, like a four point five for enjoyment in terms of being a quality movie. I mean, I think for the kind of movie it is, it's it's up there. I mean, for like your kind of creature feature stuff, it's probably like a four or so. Um, there's better stuff like Arachnophobia is sort of in a similar vein and is better. I would say. Yeah, Arachnophobia is better. Um, but. Um, Especially for movies that don't that aren't like intentionally comedic, a lot of like arachnophobia is sort of a mix. Um, this movie is funny, but it doesn't really have a lot of jokes. <laughs> so I'd say like I'd say like a four for this kind of movie. Uh, if you like movies with uh, deadly creatures, um, Anaconda is probably going to be something you'll enjoy. Or if you just like if you like. In some ways, this movie does combine things I like in general. I like this creature movies. I also like when movies take place like on a boat with a small cast. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that comes together. So I'd say a four, probably. Uh, I actually rated this a four myself. Um, that's what I ended up landing on. I had a hard time rating this as well because I was like, man, it's not like good, but it's uh, really entertaining. <laughs> Uh, so I landed on the four. I was like, if I was going to really be accurate, this is probably a three. But, yeah. you know, it's got a lot of goodwill for me. Sean, where do you land on this since this is your pick? I, I'm an absolute four. So I think this is the first time we've ever all agreed. Yeah, um, pretty much. Uh, hey, and I just want to note that Ebert gave this movie three out of four stars. Mm-hmm. So I liked it a three and a half. He liked movies like this. Yeah. See, I would say that's an Ebert four. So I would say he also agrees. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's just this movie. I mean, we've said it before, but this movie is a lot of fun, and it's. I was about to say, are you going to say it was fun, Sean? Uh huh. I told you we would say it six hundred seventy thousand times. Um, but like, it's just it's a movie that doesn't outstay its welcome. It's a tight ninety minutes, and that's with credits. Um, and, and it just it's paced well. Like the music's good. The effects still hold up pretty well. Um, I thought it looked better than we went and. We actually watched The World Is Not Enough for uh, another podcast, and um, Sophie Marceau's CGI ear um, didn't look great compared <laughs> oh, to this I didn't movie. Think it looked bad. I didn't think it looked bad. 
Oh, it looked bad. Um, but I'm just more distracted by that incredibly ridiculous giant earring. But I didn't think the actual ear looked awful. I did. Um, but it it it's just one of those movies you just put on with friends and you get some popcorn and just have fun. Like it's just a fun monster movie. Yeah, so this, as we've talked about, mid-budget, good old classic 45-mil budget, made $137 million back wow. in 1997, so pretty decent. It's more than I thought. Yeah, <laughs> decent haul for a movie like this. So <laughs> on Letterboxd, good old Letterboxd, this has a 2.3. Is this the lowest oh, we've yeah. ever had, Sean? Is this the lowest uh, one? I think so, but that's <laughs> I don't know if we've ever had a 2.3. And you know, I can't I can't even argue with it. Like I <laughs> I can't argue with that one, you know. <laughs> they just they just hate fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brent, where can people find you on like socials on Twitter cuz I mean, uh, yeah, I, so I, my Twitter my Twitter is just my name, Brent underscore Wagner, because Brent Wagner got hacked. Um, I'm also on Blue Sky. Uh, oh, you're so cool. Because I'm, I'm an elite. And if anybody wants to pay me $250 for an invite code, you can. Um, <laughs> but the number one thing that, I, that I'm involved with that I'm actually proud of, I'm not like, super proud of my socials. Um, <laughs> your socials I, are great. You get hit, hit tweets <laughs> all the time. I, I, I mean, they are great. But I'm not. But I'm not as proud of them. Um, but uh, the thing I am proud of is uh, my my blog that I do with my friend Chris, uh, Fifty Books Project. It's fiftybooksproject.com, and we've been doing it since two thousand five, I think. And since then, we've done fifty books a year and review most of them on there. Um, especially Chris, uh, lots of good stuff on there. And plus, I'm just proud of it in general, so I like to promote it. And I don't have a lot of other things to promote. So uh, anyway. Um, and also, there's a podcast I really like uh, called Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies that sometimes has this. Oh, I think I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, they talk a lot. They say fun a lot, too. They do. And some of the episodes are really hard to follow. It's like they're really tired. But yeah. like that's... <laughs> but that that's all. I, I wish I had more stuff to promote. I feel like before I come on again, I need to like, come up with something really Get involved cool. with a charity or something, you know. Crypto. You can buy Brent coin. Oh um, God! I will block yeah. you so fast, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> I would too. Um, you know, and I, I have no expertise to to discuss movies really, so I I love coming on here and you know, no just bullshitting needed. about it for like an hour and a half. It's fun. Yeah. And it forces me to actually watch stuff because I just I'll yeah. just say like I'm going to watch this, I'm going to watch it, and then I'll just never watch it. So <laughs> doing this actually gets me to watch stuff, and I like it. Um, oh my God, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. It really forces you guys to watch stuff. You have to arrange your life around watching stuff now. But yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to find us on the socials, you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just search search for the podcast and you will find it. Uh, you can find me and Sean on Twitter and Letterboxd. I am at just happy to see you, number two, letter C, letter U. Sean's username is. Murph the Smurf, M-U-R-P-H-T-H-E-S-M-U-R-P-H, and I forgot how to spell it for a second. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Take a nap, Sean. Take a nap. I'm going uh, to. If you want to email us, our email is men who like men who like movies pod at gmail.com. And yeah, that is the ways you can get in hold of us. Clayton, what are we watching next week? <laughs> oh, we are watching the 
adaptation of the Cheryl Strayed memoir uh, with Reese Witherspoon, Wild. And it also will be does a she good not time. have the most perfect name, last name for that? Strayed. I know. I love it. I love that Jesus. her name is Strayed. Um, please don't forget to give us a rate review if you have time. It helps the algorithms a ton. Makes us feel good. Don't forget to be kind to people because you know world sucks. Brent, thank you so much for coming on. I love getting to talk to you about movies and books and other things that we talk about, you know, off recording. Yes. Um, we love having you, Brent. So, like I said, if you watch Anacondas 2 and you want to cover it, let <laughs> us know. All right. We will... will you know. I'm going to be doing another movie, I think, next year, Clayton sent me the list. And I love yeah. coming on here, too. I really appreciate the invites. Totally. And we've got a tight 90 here. Yeah. Super impressive. <laughs> and 60 seconds. So, uh, to get this exactly at uh, tight 90. Uh, until next time. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.